Welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Talking to Humans. I am Vicki Diemert. I am here with my co-host, Mark Andrus. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Uh, we are talking about emotions this season, and today we have with us Robin Howie. Hi, Robin. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Great. Good. So today, Robin, you're going to be talking to us about happiness and joy. Emotions you are very and, familiar yeah. with. I'm an expert on yeah. happiness and joy. If you know me, you're like, what is she doing there? Yeah. <laughs> but before we go there, can you uh, introduce yourself? Tell us about your family and your role here at Gateway. Sure. Um, my family and I have been at Gateway for 10 years now, and I am currently the family ministry director and do a lot of work with students So I really love my role connecting families and helping uh, coach parents. And we have an upcoming parenting class and also with students and working with our mentors. Um, I'm married to Jim. We've been married for 28 years, I think. I hope that's right. And (laughs) I'll check um, with Jim later. We have six kiddos, four adults. Um, So our oldest works here at Gateway, a son in the Navy in Virginia, One a senior at ASU, one a junior at GCU, one a senior in high school, and one a sophomore in high school. So, yeah, we're rounding the corner. Nice. Wow. That's a a lot of kids, but I also have six kids. I'm just a season or two behind where you guys are at. Yes. Super fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for setting time aside to chat with us today about topics of, of happiness and joy. So what we're doing in this season on on the podcast is just trying to through conversations, help people learn how to engage mm-hmm. with emotions. For a lot of folks, we we don't even realize what we're feeling or why we're feeling it. So just trying to put vocabulary behind some of those things. Um, so particularly related to this topic of, of happiness and joy, um, kind of starting, I guess, more big picture, like how would you define happiness and joy? Are they the same thing? Like what, what, was there a distinction between the two? Just kind of give us a, a baseline for, for this conversation. Great. So as I was thinking through this and thinking through that exact question about happiness and joy, I feel like happiness for me is a reaction to something great. And joy is more the product of someone great. Mm. Wow, that's good. So joy to me is found in Jesus. Mm. And that's he is the source of joy. And so people who not to say people who don't know Jesus can't be joyful but it's a different type of joy. So like for me, happiness is great. It grabs my attention. Like when, you know, we have ice cream, mm. I'm mm-hmm. super happy. <laughs> <laughs> that is all, something great. I will that affirm that. That is all I want to eat for dinner. You know, that's happiness. And, you know, happiness, I think, is contagious. Mm-hmm. I know happy people. I don't know that I would be characterized as a happy person, but happiness is contagious. And happiness can lead to joy. But I think the distinction is joy is found in Jesus. I love that distinction. Yeah. So you said you maybe wouldn't describe yourself necessarily as like the defining characteristic is a happy person. Um, So probably it felt a little like, wait, why are you guys wanting to talk to me about these things? Mm -hmm. That. uh, So talk a little bit just about um, how, how you personally experience happiness and joy or the antithesis of them, whether that's unhappiness or discontent, like what role have the emotions of happiness and joy played in your life? How have they impacted you? 
Yeah, I think there's been part of my life where I've chased happiness because it's it can be a little bit like a drug. Like go to the next thing that makes me happy, go to the mm. next thing that makes me happy, go oh. to the next thing that makes me happy. Um, the problem is you can't be happy all the time. And for me, I have a really hard time living with happiness and sadness at the same time, mm-hmm. but I can live with joy and sadness at the same time. Wow. And so I feel like during my life when I would chase happiness, I was ignoring other mm. emotions because I would see them as bad. And yeah. they're a threat to the happiness. That's the very thing that you're chasing. Yeah. They're a threat to the happiness. And it's like, I think it's Brene Brown who says, it's like you almost can't enjoy your happiness because you don't know how long it's going to last. Right. Yeah. You can't hang on to it. And so because of that, you almost can't enjoy when good things happen because you're waiting for the next bad thing to happen. And so I, I feel like that in my life has been, you know, we have six kids at, up to this point. They've all been healthy. We've had friends that haven't had that experience. Mm-hmm. And you, I could just say, when is that going to stop? Or when are yeah. we going to have a crisis? Or what is going to happen here? So... For me, that's that's how I look at it. Yeah. Can you uh, maybe flesh out for us something about what it looks like to have joy and sadness simultaneously? Yeah, so we went through a really, really difficult season um, where we had pl- made plans to move to Colorado Springs. Those plans fell through. The next week, we had a massive house fire, Mm. and we ended up being displaced um, for two years. And then during that time, uh, we my grandmother died, Jim's dad died, my dad died, all within this very short window. That's a lot. It it was a lot. um, At the same time, trying to homeschool and raise kids, and Mm. so the worst thing about all that was life went on and. The best thing about all that was life went on, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. So during those times, there was a lot of unhappy. Yeah. That was a very unhappy season. Yet there are, ty- there are things that came out of that season that were full of joy. In the, in the midst of that season, was the joy present? Or is the joy something now that hindsight lets you look back and go, oh, that's what was happening or that's what came of it? Like where was, where was the, where did the joy enter in during that? You know, part of it entered in during that season because, um, when we were dealing with insurance and they kept saying, you'll be back in six months and then we weren't, and then our rental expired in six months and then we had to move again Mm. and then we had to move again. Um, we made really good friends in the neighborhood that we were in and our kids like had all these friends. And so that brought joy in the midst of like, we didn't want to be in that neighborhood. We wanted to be home. But so there was some of that, but a lot of it is looking back and just seeing God's faithfulness during that time. Um, And I think a lot about the Bible and I feel like a lot of scripture talks about happiness and joy. That's wisdom in the Lord. Hmm. Wisdom in God leads to that. And so that was a season where we were really just by our fingernails clinging on mm-hmm. <laughs> to the promises in the Bible because we weren't seeing them. Yeah. And so that leads ultimately led to joy first that we made it through that season, but during that season, knowing that we weren't alone. Yeah. 
Have you seen the movie Inside Out? Yes. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies. Um, I won't spoil it for, I mean, spoiler alert should be done on account of the movie was like six years ago, right? Um, and it's on Disney+. Plus. But the first half of that movie is the emotion of joy trying to snuff out mm-hmm. or hide or bury the emotion of sadness, yeah. right? And I think that that reveals a natural thing that all of us tend to do with different emotions that we feel are conflicting. Um, you, know, you talked about that a little bit. and um, But I see that happen a lot in church and evangelical and Christian circles as well, where we have this natural, uh, natural flinch to place an emotion in a basket of this is a bad emotion. This is a good emotion, sadness, bad joy, good. Um, in your role working here at the church, being around in, in different leadership positions for as long as you have, I'm curious, just from your perspective, your opinion, why do you think we do that? Why is it that we, we try to categorize and, 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 and create the space between those two? You know, I think looking back, one thing that really changed my perspective on this was probably six years ago when we started traveling to Kenya on a regular basis. And the people there, um, if you don't know, Kenya's poverty level is, it's very high. There's a lot of corruption. And those people don't have anything and they are full of joy. Mm. And so I think part of it is our Western way of thinking that we deserve something that if I ignore this long enough and practice this long enough, that things will be better. But really what I have seen happen is people ignore something long enough and it boils over and Mm -hmm. then it explodes. And when it explodes, everything lands on the people around them. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think, in, and I'm just looking back over that season and, and other things that have happened um, in our marriage and just life. I think the expectation of everything should be perfect is really, really horrible mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. because nothing is ever going to be perfect outside of heaven on this earth. And so when you put your happiness and what people can do for you or your joy in everything going your way, it's fleeting. And so like for my, for my family, I'm happiest when all my kids are home under one roof. That rarely happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So especially if, now, especially now. So if that's the only time I was happy, yeah, then I would be miserable because it may happen. It hasn't like Kevin hasn't been home in almost a year and a half now. And so if that, if that's where I find my happiness and joy is them all being under one roof, then I'm very going to be very disappointed. So why do you think we have that? Where's that expectation come from that, um, that my happiness be met, that things, that things go right. Where, where's that entitlement, that expectation come from? I think a lot of it is like, um, this hidden perfectionism. Like I want everything to be perfect because if everything's perfect, everything will be okay. And it's, it's control. And instead of saying, surrendering and saying, you know, God is sovereign and God is in control. I'm going to be in control, and so I can control all these facets of my life. When we really know that's not true, but we still try. Yeah, yeah like we want everything to be okay. And then we 
we try to make right what is wrong and and it's kind of coming from us and we kind of bypass God altogether. And I think also, and we talk about here at Gateway a lot, is the practice of lament. Mm -hmm. And I think without the practice of lament, you can just be on autopilot. So like after my dad passed away, one of my friends asked me like three weeks after, what do you think you learned from that? And I was like, nope. and, And she meant well. Yeah. But I was still in this huge grief process. And mm-hmm. so I think part of it is we just don't sit in our emotions long enough to process them in a way that's healthy. What was it about that question in particular that like, you're like, no, that didn't really sit, sit well. Um, I honestly could not think of one thing I had learned. Almost like, like the assumption was this whole thing was for you to learn something. And maybe that's not really what was going on. Right. And, and I think we want everything to make sense. Yeah. 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 We are people who want everything to make sense. So even after our house fire and we were not moving back in, somebody said to us, well, maybe you haven't learned what God has for you yet, Mm. which really was meant well, but was really contrary to anything you can find in scripture. Yeah. Like, then it's up to me to learn something and the God will bless me. Yeah. And, and kind of like it's this mysterious thing. Like, you're right. like, did I learn it? Yeah. But what didn't I learn? Yeah. So then, then if the situation never resolves, it means that you're still missing, like, you're blind to whatever God is doing. It places this additional responsibility on you. Right. Or if it does resolve, then I must have done something right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And so then when you live in that world, it's really difficult to find joy. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're always feeling like you're being watched or judged or you have to do the right thing or say the right thing in order to make everything fall in place. And it feels like a cycle, right? Like joy right. just gets further and further away. Um, right. So when you sit with your emotions, and especially in times of lament, mm-hmm. and you look at the scriptures and see God's faithfulness and goodness, then like suddenly you start realizing little things that really you may not have noticed before make you happy. And I do think happiness can lead to joy, but I think part of it is noticing not things that make me happy at the spur of the moment, but like things that are really good. Like, you know, somebody was kind or you saw somebody at the store be kind and you're just like, thank you, Lord, for just the reminder of your goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you turn it to that, you're, it's joy's easy to find. Yeah. And you don't have to hang on to it because you're looking for it in ways that God's revealing it every day that sometimes we don't notice. Yeah, it makes me think how you kind of started talking about chasing chasing happiness. Like there's this pursuit of happiness as if uh, the goal is is this emotion that, that we feel good. Um, and gosh, in a fallen, broken, sinful world, uh, that, that's going to be really hard to do at the cost of other emotions. And I think we, we completely miss engagement with God, like you were saying, like the right. lament. Because sometimes I could say, you know, especially when my kids were little and, you know, they are very close in age. So they were like their own gang. And sometimes I was like, what did I do? And so (laughs) what they did made me happy because I liked how it made me look. Yeah. Like when they were well behaved. Mm -hmm. But then when they were not well behaved, one kid in particular, um, 
But he doesn't live here anymore. Um, <laughs> I just when, remember everybody, Robin only has one son. <laughs> but when, so then I took it personally. Yeah. So then yeah. now I'm unhappy. Yeah. So like my happiness is like, was during that time on this like never ending roller coaster. Whereas when I find joy in my kids and enjoy in parenting them, then that's steady. Because it doesn't matter what they do, I still find joy in them. How yeah. do you how do you do that? And this this is a this is not a podcast question. This is I have six little kids question. How do you find joy as a parent when your kids aren't really doing anything that makes you happy because they're little kids that are rebellious and make right. life difficult. So what does it look like to find the joy in that when things are sideways? Well, and, and what I do have to say, like there are times Jim would come home from work and I would tell him the kids are outside. And if you let them in, I'm out of here. <laughs> like that I, happened a lot. I, I think I've been there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can't do that in the summer. I, yeah, He's I, like, I, okay. I, Matt would come home from work and I'd be like, I'm leaving. I'll come back I, <laughs> at but, some point. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So, so I'm not saying, oh, we were so perfect and yeah. had this wonderful home and, you know, um, but even during those times when they would kind of gang up on me, I kind of found some joy in that because mm. they were bonding together. Sure. Mm. And so now there are times I was like, that this is too much, but I think the joy is in discovering who they are and how they bear mm -hmm. the image of God. Mm -hmm. Because That's even great. though there's six of them and they're close together, their personalities are so vastly different. And so finding joy in who God created them to be. Yeah. Now they weren't always well behaved, but if I could focus on that, it took my focus off of who didn't close the drawer or unload the yeah. dishwasher or why is your room a mess? You know, yeah. I mean, we have those conversations too, but it just made my focus more on stewarding mm. who God created them to be and how I could help them in those ways. Yeah, that's great. I One of the things I've encountered in my own heart and in lots of people that I work with and counsel shepherds spend time with is this, this kind of two-headed internal desire and longing for one to be able to understand why why is this happening and, and that like you see that in scripture people ask god why for all sorts of things all the time and he gives them all sorts of different answers but there's something in us that goes i want to know why the other longing that i think is attached to that then is the longing of predictable outcomes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like if and, and i think it's connected to okay i've already determined here's what's going to make me happy or what i think is going to bring me happiness or joy so whatever I can do to make that happen. Um, and it, you know, so that long for understanding why and longing for predictable outcomes and what we are faced with on a daily basis is a shattering of our illusion of control that, you know, we probably will never fully understand the why of anything this side of heaven. I think John Piper said at any given moment, God might be doing 10,000 things mm -hmm. and we're aware of three of them. Um, and complete inability to predict outcomes. Like you can work with probabilities, but there's no point do you, guarantee I will do this and then this will happen. What as you think about happiness and joy and those experiences, those emotions, how do you connect those? How do you see those connecting with the understanding why and, and desiring the predictable outcomes? What, what, what correlation do you see there? Well, I think 
anytime we look at happiness outside of God's wisdom, it's not going to lead to joy. So if we don't correlate joy with the wisdom God has given us, because then we don't have to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. Then we can trust and say, I don't understand this and I don't like this and I don't want to live through this, but yet I know God is trustworthy. Then there's some deep joy there. Um, so I think of verses in this these categories that have been thrown around. One of them is um, be joyful always, right? In, uh, I don't like that First Thessalonians. <laughs> <laughs> but I think part of it is that, because the next part says, um, pray continually, give mm-hmm. thanks in all circumstances. I think part of it's gratitude, because understanding what God has blessed you with and given you, even in hard times, leads to joy. And so um, that's really, I feel like in the West, that's a really, really hard concept because we are so adept at looking. And I, I've even known times in my life when I've even been sitting in church and have looked around and been like, why everybody here has it together except me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody here, they're probably blah, 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 except for me. And it's so easy to focus outwardly like that when I'm not focused on prayer and gratitude and giving things. So, yeah. Yeah. I, um, you'd mentioned before, uh, just kind of themes related to, you know, the desire that we have to be in control. Um, and connected with that then is, is the desire for security and certainty. And I know that, I know that in my life, um, the moments where I felt least joyful is the moments have been the moments where I've been most grasping for security and control mm. and certainty things that I was never created right. ultimately to have when we were created for dependency. And when we, like you said, when we, when we pursue autonomy, when we pursue control over those, over those things and, and separate from God's wisdom in pursuit of our own, which is, I mean, the fall in Genesis three, right. Um, that the very things that we're seeking, happiness and joy, we end up moving ourselves in the complete opposite direction of that and then get flustered when, well, wait, this was supposed to work. Right. Right. And even with, even looking um, with our own kids, because we, we kind of came into this parenting thing in a, in a weird season where when Kyla, I think, was 10, my dad bought her a pay-as-you-go flip phone. <laughs> you know, what is that? I know. It's, <laughs> it's the olden days. And um, then there was no social media. And then so we kind of parented through the birth of social media and what that looks like. And even trying to work with our kids through seeing friends, they're all together, but they weren't invited. And mm-hmm. this that doesn't make me happy or bring me joy because we just want to belong so deeply and we belong so deeply to God. Mm-hmm. But it's where you spend your time, right? And so if I'm chasing, um, wanting everything to be perfect, then what I would end up doing is micromanaging everybody around me, yep. mm-hmm. telling everybody what to do and how to do it, mm-hmm. and then taking it personally when they didn't mm-hmm. under they didn't respond. Yes. So then they kind of uh, become responsible for your happiness, even yes. though even though it's it's yours, your emotion, yours to manage. But now this, yeah, 
they become responsible for your emotions. Right. And I think through all of that and, and really for me having really good friends to say, to step in and say, Hey, (laughs) have you thought about this or Mm -hmm. have you read this in the scripture or even, um, when you were with your kids and this happened, is that really what you, you know, having people that I trust. Permission to speak into your life. Permission to speak into my life. Um, you know, having a husband who is pretty joyful, which is so wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, poor, poor him being married to me, who's more like, let's get this show going. Um, you know, that is super helpful. It's be surrounding yourself with people who point you to Christ mm. and point you to the scriptures and that like this world is fleeting and how are you going to steward what you have? Yeah. So I, I have a question. Um, you know, kind of, we started talking about how like, okay, uh, the negative emotions, bad, don't want to, don't want to feel them. Um, and so I, I think that might lead people to feel like I have to pretend to be happy. Like we kind of ignore it, but it doesn't go away. Like it's still there. What, what would you say, or how would you think through or talk through? Um, cause I think we also maybe connect like happiness with that's faith. But if, if you're sad, somehow you're not trusting God. Um, yeah, so how, how would you maybe walk us through or, or talk parents through, like, if their child is sad, uh, that, I don't know, it's okay. Um, I don't know if my question is making sense, but. Well, I think parents don't want their kids to be sad. Mm-hmm. They want to fix it. And so the problem is then we raise adults who don't know how to be sad. Yeah, that's good. And so just. Well, why, why is that a problem to raise yeah. adults who don't know how to be sad before yeah. you? Because okay. when they have sadness or other negative emotions, they come out in a very unhealthy way. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And yeah. then it splatters on everyone around yeah. them. Right. And so um, I say to a lot of people, <laughs> you know, counseling is so good. I've been in counseling. My husband's been in counseling. That's why counseling is so good to help you think through those emotions. And so it takes a lot to sit with your kids in sadness, especially when they're sad about something you don't think they should be sad about. Yeah. yeah. So that like gives their feelings dignity, mm. right? Yep. And then it gives them time to say, oh, it's okay to be sad. But then if you bring them through like a process, then they realize the sadness doesn't define who I am. Yeah. The sadness happened because of this, but it doesn't make me a sad person. Mm-hmm. It was just a normal emotion. And then they learn how to be to be sad. They don't have to pretend to be happy, um, right? Which is is a really big deal. I think we run into that a lot in counseling, where you know adults just haven't um, learned or been able or free or been walked through processing their sadness. They just either haven't been allowed to feel it, or right, and um, they've been shamed for having an yeah. emotion. Well, you mentioned before the the spiritual discipline of lament. Yeah. And when when you're not allowed, when you don't allow yourself, or you grow up in a situation environment where you aren't allowed right. to be sad, um, well, if I'm not, if I don't have the ability to engage with that, and I think I'm only supposed to be happy, otherwise I don't have faith. Well, now there's an additional moral evaluation yeah. assessment of me that's going to make it even harder for me to go to God because right. I'm unfaithful in my in my sadness. But if, if you don't learn how to acknowledge and say, oh, I'm sad, why am I sad? What about that makes me sad? Then I, I rob myself of the ability then to experience the compassion of the presence of God yeah. as yes. I lament. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so yeah. then I miss out on, on the very aspect yeah. of God's character that yeah. actually leads to joy. 
yeah. knowing, knowing who I am him. in him, how mm-hmm. he sees me, how he, you know, how he loves me in spite of these things. Um, and so we, we don't want to be sad because it hurts. Like you said, we don't want other people mm-hmm. to be sad because we love them. Right. Um, but there is a, especially for, for shepherds and parents and leaders, there is a, um, there's some grit that we need to be able to take on of, of being comfortable with other people's discomfort. Yes. Especially when we think that's really not that big a deal. Yeah. 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 Right. Cause then sometimes, and I even find myself doing this to myself, I'll be sad or upset about something. And I'm like, is that really a big deal? It's not. So instead of allowing myself to process through it, mm. I'm like, get over it. It's fine. Yeah. You're fine. You know? And so I think it's a retraining for when we're in that habit, but I really think that's a huge gift to give our kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it takes a lot more time. It does. And, you know, I think about, yeah, to us, it might not be a big deal, but to the three-year-old, the five-year-old, the seven-year-old, whatever, like in their world, that is what's a big deal. And if we can't be trusted with what's a big deal to them, right. As they get older, um, why would they trust us with kind of heavier, bigger things? Exactly. Um, If I could, I, I, I want to, not necessarily push back on something, but but for the sake of clarity, so you mentioned the the passage, and I think it's in First Thessalonians five, like oh. rejoice always, mm-hmm. you know, pray, be thankful. Um, what is it like? It's easy to say that, and then have it have it the the idea of rejoicing always and expressing gratitude, then end up feeling like a a rote cliche thing, you know, that you're just supposed to do. Right. What does it actually look like for you? to rejoice and give thanks while terrible things are still happening, like w- without it um, without it being a way of minimizing or dismissing the sadness. Right. So I think you can rejoice and at the same time tell God you hate every single thing about what's happening at mm-hmm. the moment. It's like this honesty of saying, I have someone I can give pour my feelings out to, but I'm rejoicing in the fact that I know God is sovereign, but I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. And I don't like what's happening. And I don't, especially when things happen that I don't understand and I can't in my human mind see any way that this could be good. Yeah. But yet God is sovereign. And so I think a lot about, I think that depends on in Galatians with the fruit of the spirit. One of the, it's joy is in there. Mm-hmm. And so the more you're in the spirit, the more joy you're going to have. So it's a supernatural thing that God does that I'll never understand of being able to live in both those worlds at the same time. Yeah, because uh, rejoicing always and having gratitude, it's it's not saying uh, deny reality or deny pain. Right. right? It's, um, and it's not saying... It's not saying, oh, I guess I, sh- I deserve this on some, or maybe I did something or didn't do something. It's just saying, I don't understand, yeah. and I'm making the choice. Like, joy is a, often a choice. Happiness is usually an effect of something, but joy is often a choice and saying, I'm going to choose joy in this situation, even though I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That reminds me of Job thirteen fifteen. Mm. You know, think about somebody who had no reason from our perspective to be joyful. Here's Job. He says, though he slay me, I will Mm, hope in him. Yet I will argue my ways to his face. Mm -hmm. All right. I will hope in you, God. But while I'm hoping you, you're going to hear about it. Mm -hmm. And all the ways, like Mm -hmm. he said, I hate everything about this. And the, the, the joy in that comes from, I have a relationship with a God that 
allows me to speak that way to him and cares about the things right. in the fresh. So the joy is in, like you said, the the someone great. Yes. Um, that I have the kind of freedom in that relationship to be honest about that while still experiencing the the lack of happiness and the pain, the sadness mm-hmm. and suffering of the current circumstances. Right. And that's where I feel like really understanding that the Bible is living yeah. and active. That means you can read that verse in one season and it means one thing. Mm-hmm. And you read that verse in another season of lament or pain and God meets you there too with the same verse. Mm-hmm. It's this, I, I, I'll never understand it, but I'm so grateful for it. The way the word, I can hear something over and over and then maybe on a Sunday something's preached and I'm like, I have never mm-hmm. seen that before. And the way God, it's molds my heart and moves my heart closer to him the more I spend time in scripture. Yeah. Well, Robin, before we uh, finish up with our episode today, um, what other just kind of last words of wisdom, encouragement, thoughts would you have for people who uh, who are either wrestling with uh, or having difficulty with experiencing happiness and joy in the midst of suffering, or for people who would... Um, who maybe would have that the the wrestle more related to if I don't feel this way, therefore I'm in sin or I don't have faith. What, what kind of last wisdom or encouragement do you have for folks related to this topic? I would say if this is an area of struggle on either side of that spectrum, um, spending time in Proverbs, Job, and Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. is a great place to start. Um, when looking for wisdom with seeing an example of somebody who really had no reason to have any joy at all in his life in Job and found that, um, that's, that's where I would start reading. And I would also say that I would really say, look at happiness. And if circumstances define your attitude, if Mm -hmm. you're happy during the day, if you're sad during the day, like lean into that. And say, is that truly happiness or is that joy? Because joy seems to be something that's underlying and current and present and stable. And happiness can kind of ebb and flow. So leaning into that and what that looks like biblically. That's great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us and sharing your thoughts, experiences, uh, wisdom with us. Um, I'm already thinking there's a handful of questions I will ask you later so that I can also... (laughs) Like I said, I have six kids and I need to learn from you. Um, but that's uh, that's going to finish up our time here today on uh, Talking to Humans. So join us next time as we tackle another emotion that's common to all of us. Great. Thanks. <laughs>